Gentlemen, first let me say congratulations to the three of you to making it this far. For the past 15 weeks, you have cultivated a dream. Two of you will have persevered, but will end up going home empty-handed. And only one will go on to become the WWE's next breakout star. Only one rookie will win NXT and earn a championship match live on pay-per-view. The future is now. Welcome back to Half K NXT. I say that because this is the season finale, so I don't want to say welcome back. Well, now I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> but that's a, a unique intro enough for you to know that this is the season finale. <laughs> so Half K back A with the last day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was really nice. <laughs> And if you didn't already know, this is your boy, Notorious Nando, joined, as always, by... Larry Knight. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, baby. It's just Larry Knight today. Someone had mentioned that this is the year of stuff ending. Yeah. It's... What what do you call it? The Infinity Gauntlet Oh, yeah. So we get, like, the ending of that saga in Marvel. Uh And then we get the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Game of Thrones ends. Oh, you know what else is ending that nobody else care about? Arrow is ending. Oh man! Yeah, they in the last season right now. How how many times has uh, Cody Rhodes been on that show? Um, I stopped watching. I'm gonna catch up and watch the rest of the series, yeah. but I stopped watching and I had seen him twice. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder if he's gonna be like an uh, Stephen. Stephen Amell? Yeah, I wonder if he's going to be a AEW kind of uh, Undertaker figure. <laughs> Man, I hope so. Like, he's already got, what, two matches under his belt? Yeah, yeah. And, like, he trying. Dude, the last one I saw him in, it was pretty good. He tried. Man, yeah, yeah. I appreciate the effort for sure, man. Yeah. So, hey, if he want to stay with it, yeah, he can get some. Hey, man, if Ronda Rousey can do it, yeah. how come he can't do it? Yeah, yeah. He ain't got to be great at it. We've yeah. seen worse, accomplished more. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, David Arquette was WCW champion, was the WCW <laughs> champion. If you didn't hear him. The like, David Arquette, like, he's still doing it now. Granted, Big yeah. ups to him. But yeah. at the time, who's to say he was better than Stephen Amell now? Uh, that's true. Very true. If only Stephen Amell had made... Uh, ready to rumble back then. then. Oh, you know what? A good thing he didn't make that because I want to like him. And he played uh, Casey Jones in the most recent Ninja Turtles movie. That's true. Come on, man. All right. Shout out to him already. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All righty, man. So I can't believe we are here already. The season finale of NXT season one. It felt like we just started this the other day, right? You know, we did. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what you fans didn't know is we recorded all these 15 episodes in one day. <laughs> boom. What's happening? I would die in editing. <laughs> yeah. Like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> what you don't know is that he's really a software. <laughs> <laughs> I try to channel my inner predator sound effects. Yes. <laughs> nice. I Did, love it. I, I, I'm still doing my morning free movies on on demand mm, nice. trip. And my brother-in-law and I recently watched the latest Predator movie. How was that? It's pretty garbage. What? <laughs> it is very garbage. Is it like, what kind of garbage? Is it that kind of garbage where you're like, oh my God, if I would have watched this in a movie, I would have hated it. But since I watched it at home, it's not that bad and it's kind of entertaining. Or it's like, oh my God, this is so bad. I'm glad I didn't watch it in the movie theater and I wish I didn't waste my time right now, garbage. It's in between those. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's definitely one of those things that I know I'm wasting my time as I'm watching it, but I can't turn it off. <laughs> oh man, so it's one of those like, you know, this movie is so trash. I could have gone without watching it, but but I did. Yeah, and yeah. I'm mad about it. Yeah. Dang. Without spoiling it, I will say that again, going back to this theme of having more of a of an appreciation for things once they age, I thought that the Predators movie, the the one that came out in 2009-ish and 2010-ish. I thought that one was okay, but comparing that to this latest one, I would say that one is a, a masterpiece compared to The Predator. Wow, because yeah. you know what? So peep this. I like that one. I liked it. I liked it too. That one that came out back in the day, I thought that one was kind of dope. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't watch it in the theater. I watched it on like Stars or mm -hmm. something at home. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is dope. Nice in-house watch. Mm -hmm. So if you're telling me that that movie is like trash Not compared to that, wow. Yeah. And that movie is, um, it's probably is 10 years old now. That movie, I'm not even joking, is probably has better visuals than this latest movie. I'm not even joking. Like, you can definitely tell that with this latest uh, The Predator movie that they were just trying to rush this one out because the visuals are pretty garbage. Throughout is this supposed thing. to set any, like, is it a new universe with, like, Predator setting up? Like, where's the logic behind rushing that movie out? I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to hit the summer blockbuster season that, or something. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that was like what that new Mummy movie was mm -hmm. apparently very trash, too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just letting you listeners know right now that uh, if you have to go at one movie, definitely watch the original. <laughs> but mm. but if you had to go between those two, I would say The Predators, <laughs> plural, <laughs> is mm. uh, a definitely better watch. So, yeah. Hey man, uh, bad movie remake unappreciation. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, f that. Yeah, not with that. None. Alrighty, so this is the season finale of NXT episode fifteen, and as a reminder, we will be taking a slight break, but that doesn't stop you from sending us any of your questions. So feel free to email us at halfkmail at gmail .com. We will still answer some questions when we come back for season two. And yeah, we'll even respond to those on our Instagram stories as well. So if you have any questions, feel free to throw them our way. All right. So let's get into the final episode of season one. This is on June 1st, which is, you know, 
the first of the month. <laughs> wake up. Wake, wake up. up. Wake up. <laughs> At the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. So just to recap, everybody, this is the season finale where the remaining rookies are David Otunga, Wade Barrett, and Justin Gabriel to find out who is the next or who's going to be the next WWE breakout superstar. They do a video recap. And, you know, I was going to say that the music that they use during this recap sounds a lot like the soundtrack from the movie, The the Rock. Not not the wrestler, The Rock, but the movie, The Rock. Just very, the one with Sean Connery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicolas Cage? Yeah, because I don't know if you noticed it, but the music was super epic and very, uh, not patriotic, <laughs> but just more of that action movie Man, soundtrack. you know what? It, I just remembered that it got my attention similar to the last episode mm-hmm. that I was just like, what was happening? I just couldn't kind of like take my eyes away from it. Yeah. I was I was gonna say that we could have easily just watched this recap video and then do 15 episodes of, of recap instead. Oh man, boom. <laughs> but yeah, very well done. And that will go into my scoring at the end with production because they did a really good job of doing this video package of summing up the whole season pretty much. So Yeah, man, yeah. it was uh it was pretty intense. Like I uh I kind of wasn't paying attention to it. I was like, oh yeah, they're just starting up the little video package and mm-hmm. then it was just real long and I looked up and was like it was just going down because then I heard like all the different quotes that different yeah. guys was giving and I was like, oh man, my heart. I just heard some of that. Ah oh, yeah. Oh the feels. So it was it was very well done. It got my attention. It captured my heart and spirit. I mean, it might be an overstatement, but he got my attention. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to television's hottest new show. It don't work like that around here. This is the future. What a move by Gabriel. This is unique. This is NXT. I have more personality than my little finger than you have in your whole being. Go back to the minor league. I want it more than you. I want it more than you. And I grew up... Success. Chief Slater has pinned Chris Jericho. Or failure is determined by a vote from these esteemed WWE pros. And then we go to the video intro. So kind of what I touched on the last episode, they didn't play the NXT intro in the last episode and they started playing it here. And I was like, ooh, are they going to are they going to show us who the pros and the rookies are? But they didn't. <laughs> they did a edited version of the intro because in case if you didn't listen to the last episode or catching up, our boy Carlito was actually released around this time two weeks ago in two, uh, 2010. So they didn't show the intro last week and this week they just skipped it and edited it completely just to not remind you who Carlito was. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of uh, kind of weird because. As we go on with this episode, then they do a weird thing where they still kind of highlight Michael Tarver. And <laughs> that's just going to keep getting people more questions to ask. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, Michael Tarver, who is his bro? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> about that. So, like, so this dude Tarver got eliminated, right? And it just so happened his pro did, too. 
<laughs> but for real, from, uh, <laughs> like employment, though, like, oh. uh, and it wasn't cool. <laughs> Definitely was not cool. Never. I want to be spat like the apple in somebody's face on the way out. What? <laughs> Boom! That's not cool. It's like, that's why you're getting fired, bro. Among other things, <laughs> you're living that half K life. You like, come on, man. <laughs> gross. But I I will give WWE props because kind of how we mentioned they taped these after SmackDown and they had a really big crowd still for this season. So I guess the it worked. These fans were really invested into the NXT season that they stuck around to find out who was going to win the whole thing, you know? Maybe it was just like, hey man, that Justin Gabriel guy does that 450, man. We just always stick around for that because it's cool. Yeah. It, that that would have got me probably. <laughs> So we start off and Stryker welcomes the five eliminated rookies. And yeah, just a quick recap. It was kind of funny that they were sitting ringside in the order that they, that they got eliminated. <laughs> so it was Michael Tarver, Daniel Bryan, Skip Sheffield, Darren Young, and Heath Slater. And then Stryker introduces the pros to the stage. We get Jericho, Miz, Hardy, R-Truth, Regal, Christian, and CM Punk, because as we mentioned, they were still making a big deal out of this. And I just don't know why they just didn't have all the pros in the stage already. That way people wouldn't have asked like, oh, how come there's only seven versus the eight rookies that they have? So, yeah. So, yeah, they pretty much do it where this the Thanos finger snap where Carlito doesn't exist nope, <laughs> at yeah, all. Just, this is back in the day where social media hadn't really taken mm-hmm. off. Yeah. So you could really insult people's intelligence. Yeah. By yeah just yeah. like, hey, look, as long as we just don't show them or mention them. Yeah. They'll forget. Yeah. You mean you weren't following them on the WWE Universe page at that point? <laughs> oh, unfortunately. And I was not using <laughs> the their download ringtone thing either <laughs> i have none of that sir <laughs> but yeah man this is back when uh they still kind of had the veil over people's faces mm-hmm. yeah like but you know if you were savvy kind of on the internet you heard it enough stuff so it was like oh okay cool but to the average kind of like schmuck like the, the level of like i guess or number of smart marks mm-hmm. was a lot lower yeah or it was like people were more quiet about it yeah yeah. but yeah. now it's like it's a lot more vocal or you could just you could get like a million people's different opinion on like social media but i like just scrolling yeah i think that's the difference and it's it's weird because how you just said now it's a lot more impactful where there's there's an opinion everywhere and compared to this era where yeah if i didn't look it up i wouldn't have remembered why carlito was just like spontaneously gone Mm -hmm. i would just would have thought he was recovering from an injury or whatever but i wouldn't even have thought about him Mm -hmm. like if he wasn't there it was out of sight out of mind but yeah see like i mean i don't even know like what are we smart marks i don't even know what that means yeah i'm not even gonna lie i really don't even know what that means anymore i'm like what is a smart mark is that like you're a mark you're a mark bro like i still mark out yeah like (laughs) i think even the guys in the industry are still pretty much marks and smarks you know so yeah you gotta i mean i kind of feel like in a way you almost gotta be if you gonna have to like really appreciate it like yeah because if you you know you gotta mark out every now and then you have you have to yeah that's what keeps you there to want to either you want to mark out yourself or you want to create moments for people to mark out too Mm -hmm. so you know i mean you're you live for the mark out like yeah yeah 
from there, we get the three finalists coming down. And I'll just remind everybody of their current record. Oh, I forgot to make a, a thing last week where when Slater got eliminated, he technically had still one of the better records. So still kind of weird how they did that elimination. But hey, you know what? Um, Sometimes in sports, the number one seed will get eliminated mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And it just happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, oh, man, y'all was hella good in the regular season. 14 and 0. Easy. Yeah. Knocked out. And you're like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. Y'all decided to lose now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what happened to Slater, man. He, yeah. He beat everybody, you know, had a couple losses, but just didn't make it in the playoffs, baby. Yeah. And it's weird because they emphasized it a lot. I think it's, I think you're, I think I'm going back to your theory of like, they just knew they got their season cut short by doing 15 episodes. Dude, they had to. They yeah, had, yeah. Oh, man. What do we, oh, crap. Yeah. Cause, Based on how heavy they emphasized it at the beginning of the season, that the wins and losses will be counted more on the credibility of the victories. Slater had that because he beat two pros. So yeah, come on, baby. Yeah. Like he had definitely like the uh, most difficult schedule. Yeah. So we have Wade Barrett, who is currently in number one, and he is seven and five. Then David Otunga in second place. He is six and four. And Justin Gabriel in third place at seven and three. Stryker says that tonight we will have two eliminations to crown the overall winner. And each rookie will have one last opportunity to prove themselves and impress the pros. And then Stryker goes into GM mode again and, and makes the uh, triple threat match, which is incorrect because he calls it a triple threat match when, in fact, it is a three-way elimination match yeah man it got me confused like cause when the match started i heard him say it, it was like oh this is a three-way elimination i was like well that was a triple threat yeah 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 and i'm pretty sure the audience was even more confused because as we went through that match then once you know i'll say who won the first fall i'm pretty sure that they thought that person had won and they you know what yeah i did yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i thought the match was done right there but yeah. then i remember looking at my notes i was like, i could have sworn this match was yeah 10 minutes yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah uh not a good job and probably something striker just either they didn't tell him the right info or he just messed up and then after that we kick back to josh and cole at the broadcast table pretty cool because they kind of hype up the importance of this episode but they are now starting to go into promote mode for season two. Mm-hmm. They say that the exciting, yeah, that's the exciting announcement that they will have season two starting next week. And throughout the night, they will be introducing us to the pros and rookies. And <laughs> at this point, they don't announce the pro, but we get the first rookie who is the army tank with a certain engine. What engine would that be? With the Ferrari engine, <laughs> Army tank with the Ferrari engine, Husky Harris. Yes, <laughs> my boy, Mister Husky. I, I think that's what I'm just going to call him throughout next season is Mister Husky. <laughs> I like that. It's professional. Still ready. It's like a mullet, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's how we're going to describe it. business in the front, party in the back. Yeah. Mr. Husky. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? He sure didn't have a pro introduced with him, huh? No. Like, straight to the business. Yeah. Boom. He's coming. Yeah. Don't need no pro. <laughs> 
So I forgot to mention at the top of this podcast is that we will be dividing this into two parts. We'll be covering just the episode itself, the season finale, but we'll get into more of a overall recap of the whole season and kind of the aftermath of season one in our next episode, the the part two to this. And we'll describe the video packages here, but we won't go into too much detail because we want to save that for season two and dive deeper into that. But we'll kind of give you just the overall recap of these videos and kind of just throw our two cents in there. So in this, and I, I liked it too, because they're all roughly like 15 seconds long. These they're videos. super short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool. It was like literally like an Ill, uh, elevator pitch to show you who, who these guys are. So It was like, boom, here's what he looks like. Here's what he sounds like. Here's a couple of his moves. Done. Yeah. Next week. Wait. Begins season two of NXT, and throughout the night, we will be introducing you to the pros and rookies for NXT season two. Let's start right now and do so with a rookie, Husky Harris. My name is Husky Harris. I am a third generation superstar. Blackjack Mulligan is my grandfather, and my father, Mike Rotunda, the IRS man. I've just been waiting for someone to let me off the leash and let me go for a while, and then this is my opportunity. Let's go. So it was kind of cool because afterwards then they showed the graphics of both the pro and the rookie. And I totally forgot who his pro was, but his favorite letters are AEW. So if that gives you a hint, then yes, Mr. Cody Rhodes himself. Uh-huh. I I totally for I, I think we were talking about earlier how we kind of remember highlights of season two. But I didn't remember at all who the pairings were. And no, me neither. I, yeah. I just I really just remember this fool's phrase. Yeah. He's like he's the <laughs> army tank with a Ferrari engine. And then I just remember just a couple of the other guys very vividly in certain episodes, like or just actually one episode stands out in my head. And when we get to it, I'm gonna call it out. Yeah, yeah. But it just totally stands in my head and I'll never forget it. Cause I'm like, oh, this was season two. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so that is our first rookie and pro pairing for season two. Then we get the remaining pros rookie, or I should say the rookies pros walking down the ringside before we go into commercial break. After that, we come back and we get the Monday Night Delight himself. I John. forgot all about <laughs> I did that. Too. I thought he was going to say he was the Sultan of Sexy. That's I was I like waiting for that. But he said the Monday Night Delight. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Mr. Morrison. Yeah. John Morrison is coming to NXT as a pro. And he, is, he describes his rookie as being the tallest redwood tree around, but not the easiest to talk to. But he hopes he can break him out of that into season two. And he introduces us to Eli Cottonwood. And before you go on that, I'm going to tell you right now that I ran up on um, I ran up on John Morrison one time in downtown San Diego. Oh, yeah. Hella drunk. Like, <laughs> it was just like he had like this headband on. And I walked up on him. I was like, hey, man, that's a cool headband. And I was like, John Morrison. Yeah, yeah. And he's like. He kind of looked around like, oh, you recognize me? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, you, you're you a wrestler, right? You're John Morrison, ain't you? And he's like, I was like, Johnny Nitro? <laughs> he, he forgot who he was. And he was like, oh, he's like, yeah, me, uh, you watch Lucha Underground? And I was like, in my head, I was like, no, I don't have that channel. But I was like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Because he was, it was him and uh, what's her <laughs> name? Uh, Taya Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was just like, whoa. But I was just like super thrown off because they were just walking around chilling. And I was like, whoa, yeah, yeah, Johnny yeah. Nitro out here. Yeah. Super random. He's like my height, but super buff. Yeah. Like, what what show was it? Was it APW or it was, it was probably an APW show that we saw him at too. Right? Most recently? Yeah. Yeah. We seen him at an APW show. Yeah. I just remember he was, uh, in the in the backstage thing where he had come out because I think they were like looking for the stolen internet title or something, oh. like that. and he was like walking around just looking for it and stuff like. That. I just remember seeing him at that show. So John Morrison, man. <laughs> so in the video package, they of course get over the height, the the massive height size that this uh, Cottonwood guy is at. They bill him at seven foot one. I looked it up and yeah, he's legit seven foot tall. So he looks like it. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but I heard seven one at one point and I heard seven three at another. Oh, point. Okay. Maybe I was hearing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was a pretty cool shot of. In the very beginning of the video package where they have like a, a crew member miking him up to kind of show the, the height difference. Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty cool uh, production shot there. And he kind of says that not only does he want to win season two, he wants to create as much destruction as possible. So he's already kind of getting over that psychotic giant gimmick, which I thought was pretty cool. So I'm not sold on psychotic giants. I feel like that don't make no sense in my brain. So I'm like, all right, are you Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a psychotic giant is just Frankenstein. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be that giant mad scientist, giant leader. Yeah. Giant quarterback. You don't have to be the one that's hitting everybody. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I I had here, I thought they were the perfect pairing because Eli, at least in this promo and his hairstyle, looked like if John Morrison had taken the rest of the ooze. <laughs> Blood, straight up. Like, <laughs> he just looked like a bigger version of John Morrison. He looked like Super Shredder John Morrison. Like, <laughs> yeah he did like i was looking at him i was like there's something about him that looks very eerily similar to what i just saw before it yeah He's yeah <laughs> kind of like had the same hairstyle and his face was kind of yeah. like john morrison like his head shape but it's all he, flat all he needed was the morrison sunglasses and that that would have been it and oh then- yeah he could have been fucking <laughs> <laughs> eli morrison <laughs> the last vial of ooze he must have drank all of it it's a super shredder. I I looked up the super shredder clip just to use for a soundbite. <laughs> I looked at the top comment for the super shredder video and it said super shredder lot only lost because he tore his quad. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Sorry, Nash. I had to go there. That's why the, uh, that's why the doc fell on him. Damn YouTube comments. They're all, they always get me. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best part of the video. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, we get the three-way elimination, which is between the three rookies. As the match starts, then, yeah, Josh kind of tells the audience that it is el- elimination, but how we just mentioned, the the live crowd doesn't really know that, and they'll get kind of confused as we go along. <laughs> mm-hmm. The rookies kind of start off by kicking and punching at each other, and... It felt like they did. I will say it got better throughout the rest of the match, but I think they just didn't know how to work with each other in a triple threat slash three way style of a Mm, match. mm -hmm. They did look a little bit lost out there just trying to 
start the match. They didn't really click yet at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm guessing it's just because they have more experience with either tag matches or just one on one at that point. Yeah, it's it's kind of I I feel like it's kind of hard unless one person really is going to take that lead. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for the person who's kind of supposed to be the one to lead to not be in there. So yeah. I feel like the really awkward moments were between um, Gabriel and Otunga. Yeah. yeah like yeah. they just kind of seemed out of sync, but whenever Barrett was in there with either of them, you could tell that he was kind of the one who was leading the match as it, yeah. like, I, f- I think he might've been the most senior out of the three. I'm mm-hmm. not really too sure between him and Gabriel, Yeah, but I think Barrett was the most senior. So you kind of see him leading in certain spots a lot of the time. Yeah. So the match just kind of like flowed better whenever he was in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think he was definitely the the ringleader between the three of them in this match. Yeah. Oh, uh, Otunga starts doing the uppercut punches on Barrett out of the ring. And then Gabriel kind of takes advantage of that. Gabriel then does like a really nice baseball slide. And I was like, eh, I don't remember the last time I've seen a baseball slide, but it looked really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Cole asked Josh if uh, if he were a coach, who would he vote off first? Josh picks Gabriel because he says that he agrees with a lot of the pros thinking that Gabriel is indeed a one trick pony. And I asked myself. Because I was looking it up and I don't know if you know this, can ponies actually learn more than one trick? (laughs) Because I legitly don't know. And if anyone is more experienced with ponies, let me know. Then Cole does a good job of highlighting Gabriel's accomplishments so far, which I really like because we're narrowing it down between the last three. So they kind of go over the fact that Gabriel had won a challenge before and also won immunity. And I was kind of saying that it would have been really cool. Again, this will now go into our it makes too much sense Mm. (laughs) segment that it would have been cool if Gabriel during the season, if he had a lawyer with him, <laughs> hint, hint, <laughs> where they looked at the clause and it said that, you know, he has immunity, but it doesn't specifically say when it expires. So it would have been pretty cool if he would have saved that till this episode, you know? Mm, nice. Yeah. But again, that's too much. Yeah, it makes too much sense. Too, too, too much backstory. Like, we want people to think that far back. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> We are all about the now. Yeah. As uh, as the match keeps going, the commentators also keep plugging season two. And they mention that there will be some changes happening in season two. Jericho, uh, as soon as they bring it up, then Jericho walks over and starts immediately yelling at, <laughs> at the commentators again. He, uh, Josh kind of sells out Cole at this point because as soon as Barrett goes over there, I had here that... Uh, <laughs> Josh was saying like, oh, yeah, uh, Cole's talking about something else. Like he's not talking about Barrett. So he like he really just like so, sold his partner down the river, <laughs> man. So I thought it was pretty funny. That was Chris Jericho screaming at us. He's, of course, at ringside. He's talking about something else completely. Talk about the winner now. Now he's talking about Wade Barrett, his NXT rookie, who is ranked number one in this heat. Latest pros poll that being Barrett. Nonetheless. Then we get a really nice spot after where Barrett is going for a suplex on Otunga. And then out of nowhere, Gabriel does the top rope springboard sunset flip over 
to to counter him for the attempted pin. I thought it looked really good. It was mm-hmm. like really smooth throughout the whole thing. Josh then does a follow up saying that Utunga did not attempt to break it up because it is a three way elimination match. So pretty good insight. But again, the crowd was probably wondering like why wasn't he trying to break up the pinfall? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So finally, Cole gets to explain what is going to be different in season two. That in season two, the pros will determine fifty percent of the vote. And the fans will actually get the other 50% by voting on WWE.com. So pretty cool. I I think they mention it later on in the episode, but at least like the home viewers get a kind of exclusive at that point of what the rules are going to be next season. Mm-hmm. Then there was a nice spot where Barrett is on the outside and Gabriel is running at Otunga inside the ring. Otunga reverses it and does a back body drop and goes over the top rope. But then Gabriel kind of in midair changes it where he makes it an offensive move instead and does a crossbody and lands on Barrett on the outside, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah. After a few back and forths, Gabriel sends uh, or Barrett gets sent, gets sent back to the outside. And while Otunga's down, Gabriel takes advantage and hits the 450 from the top rope and gets a huge pop from the crowd. But as Gabriel goes for the pin, then Barrett kind of grabs his legs and pulls him out to the outside. And then Barrett sneaks back into the ring and gets the pin on Otunga. And yeah, this is the part where the crowd is confused because they pop pretty hard for it. Mm-hmm. But they probably thought that Barrett had uh, won the whole match. Mm-hmm. But then everyone was kind of confused. And the the wrestlers kind of sold the expression that, you know, what had just happened. But they were... I think it's that that whole thing that no one knew that this was a three-way elimination. I think everybody was confused. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to play it off by saying that Barrett did that because he wanted to be the one to cover both men Mm. at some point. He said, if I'm going to win, I'm taking out everybody. So he's being greedy with his accolades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we get a close-up shots of both guys before we head into commercial break. As we come back, Barrett is still uh, on the advantage and working on Gabriel's back. With the abdominal stretch. Yeah. See, this is what I want to talk about. Okay. Because he did that abdominal stretch and he put his hands behind his back uh-huh. to uh, give the perception that he was giving himself more leverage. Mm-hmm. But that literally doesn't make any sense. If you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm like putting you in a move and if I put my arms behind my back, I'm not really going to get too much more torque out of that if anything i might be throwing myself more off balance from restraining you yeah so like that's one of those like wrestling logic things that you're just supposed to believe makes sense it's kind of like when they put people in certain submission moves and then they'll reach out for their partner to like pull their arm to give them like leverage yeah certain moves don't even work that way and they'll be like oh no he's giving them more leverage and it's like nah, not really yeah he's holding his hand making it look (laughs) like it but from a wrestling science standpoint, by putting his arms behind his back and clasping his wrists, it gave him more of a pull to stand up straight to their wrench on uh, poor Gabriel's abdominal muscles that he had been working on almost the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that when he was applying the whole move. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I saw that. I was like, ooh, this is good. I like it. Yeah. From there, then Josh and Cole do a great job of listing out Barrett and Gabriel's accomplishments as well. Then after counting Barrett with a miss corner attack, Gabriel delivers his trademark kicks and hits a nice spinning heel kick. 
Mm-hmm. After that, he delivers a beautiful top rope crossbody for a close for a close two count. The crowd is super into it after the, after that move, and then Cole does a great job of selling the close call, making it and you know he, he sells it really well by kind of having more urgency in his voice, which uh, is really good because it's a it's kind of a hard balance to do as a commentator. I feel because you always want to make sure that each pinfall is important, but when it gets more narrow and later into the match, you do want to make the urgency feel a little bit more important. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like how Cole ends up doing that as the match goes on. So mm, nice, nice, nice job. Th- nice job done there. <laughs> then Gabriel hits the STO setting up Barrett for his finisher. But when Barrett, or I should say when Gabriel goes to the top turnbuckle, Barrett counters it by lifting his knees. And yeah, Gabriel does a really good job of selling the counter. Both men are still on the ground. And then as uh, Gabriel is selling the the knee attack, Barrett just quickly kind of grabs him and rolls him up into a small package. And yeah, gets the victory at 10.03. So I was gonna give it a 3.5, but... For this match itself, I ended up giving it a four because I really liked the last sequence and I thought they did a good job of uh, of working together compared to the first half of the match. You know I what I mean? I think I did the same. I think it did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was actually really entertained by that match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about it afterwards. I was like, you know, under all logical forms of sense, Wade Barrett took the most out of that landing. Yeah. And that probably should have hurt him more because that's not a good position to be landed on. Mm-hmm. It's like if you got into a car or something like that, it wouldn't feel good. But no, that was I thought I uh I really enjoyed watching Barrett and um and Gabriel uh between the ropes with each other. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Like I was just sitting there like, wow, you know what? I feel like I underappreciated how good you guys were between the ropes. And if this is the last match of the season, yeah, I'm happy with this. It was like it was when I was watching, it was probably a bit more dramatic in my head than it needed to be. But yeah. I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, I, I was really going back and forth of giving it a 3.5 or a 4. But yeah, that last sequence, it they just really had good chemistry with each other. So. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. So after that, then we get the the huddle for the pros to kind of do their second to last voting. Also a good job because then you're kind of stuck on how they're going to vote because Barrett ended up winning. So it really is narrowing it down between Gabriel and Otunga. Mm-hmm. And since both guys lost, like it's hard to really gauge on who they're going to vote for at that point. So I thought it was pretty good. Then we get Josh to introduce the next pro for season two. And yeah, he sends it back and it's MVP, which was interesting because at the beginning of this season, they had MVP listed as being the pro to skip Sheffield. Mm. And then because they were advertising this on the last ECW episode. And then, yeah, at the very last minute, they ended up switching him with William Regal. So maybe I hurt. Maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe he just kind of had an injury before this season. Yeah. I can see that being a possibility with wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm. see her all the time. Yeah. So, well, at least now he gets to be a pro for season two. Then he says that <laughs> it's kind of funny. He says that his rookie is from South Beach, but not Miami <laughs> and that he's a party boy, but he's not the party boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, of course, it's not our boy, Darren Young. So, I <laughs> nah, mean, it's cool. <laughs> then we get Percy Watson. So 
we get his video package and in this one he has a very flamboyant personality and i'll get more into his history on season two but maybe that's just a florida thing man like oh i didn't think about that yeah yeah super lavish dude. yeah, yeah. like what MV- mvp from florida quote-unquote yeah he's a flat like a flamboyant fly dude but yeah yeah razor ramon was flamboyant he was from he was uh, from florida yeah yeah uh the macho man randy savage oh was God. built from florida Sar- Sar- sarasota florida dude florida people are just crazy uh, now this makes more sense florida rep man is that swamp water but like now we have another stable. <laughs> the Florida people. And they all kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll get more into Percy Watson with season two, but he recently just left the commentator spot on NXT and has been replaced by Beth Phoenix. But more on that in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we go to commercial break and yeah, they're just kind of slinging all these promos out one by one to kind of cover the show. I, I liked it because... It is doing a good balance of building up the importance of the season finale, mm-hmm. but also making sure that the viewers stick in for the next season. Zack Ryder introduces Titus O'Neil. He doesn't want to list out his rookie's accomplishments because they'll he wants to teach his rookie how to dress and pick up the ladies. So mm-hmm. uh, a really good dynamic between both these this pairing, which uh, I, I think will be pretty interesting. And yeah, I I'll be honest, I remember Titus and O'Neil being on NXT, but I forgot that he was on season two. I thought he was on the the season four or redemption. I totally forgot that he was on season two. I think he came back for redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, you know, like you just said, I didn't know that he debuted in season two. I thought he came later. Mm -hmm. Me too. So that's why I was more surprised by watching these promos because i was like oh that's you were here yeah yeah yeah. all right (laughs) yeah and yeah after that then we finally get the pros poll for narrowing it down from three rookies to two striker wants to talk to the folks who know the three rookies best so he goes over to the eliminated rookies he starts off with tarver and he asks him you know pretty much who would you vote for if you could still vote for someone to be eliminated (laughs) and it was funny because he still said me like he still said michael tarver man yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's i would vote for me yeah yeah <laughs> like i feel like that was his family sitting around them too because they all had little silver chains yeah, like yeah. him so i'm like hmm yeah well i mean he doesn't have a pro anymore so he's got to have someone to lean on <laughs> to oh. poor poor tyver <laughs> then uh then Stryker goes up to Brian, but he asks him the opposite. He asks him who he thinks should win NXT and why. He's pretty honest and says that, you know, Otunga can't wrestle and sadly Gabriel can't, can't talk. talk. <laughs> so by default, he picks Barrett. Kind of surprised because I'm kind of surprised by this in general because it seemed like they kind of cold turkey cut off this feud between Brian and Michael Cole because they don't really bring it up if you, mm-hmm. if you notice. So it brian was um pretty much just sticking to the the storyline of the nxt show but it it felt like they didn't want to address him and michael cole and same thing cole i thought would have uh said something while ripped him a little bit yeah yeah but nothing so they had a lot to fill with this episode Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of video packages so they i don't think they had enough room really to to waste time on that not that like not saying that it would have been a waste of time it's just you know 
they didn't have the the extra minutes or seconds. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, it'd have been it'd have been too overwhelming as a watcher mm, for an hour. That's true. Good point. So then Striker goes to Skip next and asks him the same question. It's pretty funny because it looked like Skip was gonna say something because he like kind of looked around and then he literally just said, I don't care. <laughs> and that's I it. don't care. <laughs> and this just sat back down. So thanks, Skip. <laughs> Are you just over here trying to hang out with Michael Tarver's family? Yeah. <laughs> Then Darren Young is next, and I love this because he says that he he was initially built to kind of go off against Wade Barrett, but then all of a sudden he does like a 180 and starts cheering for Barrett and is on his side. And I liked it because the last time that we saw Darren Young, he was being super babyface. And you know, he got booed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like this because he turned on the fans. But technically, the fans turned on him first. This is true. Yeah, so I really liked it because I got on. I was like, nope, I'm 100% uh, 100 behind Darren Young on this because the last time he was trying to be a nice guy, you idiots literally were the ones that Mm -hmm. booed him. So I I gave him props. A plus for continuity there from Mr. Young. Yeah, so yeah. And it's pretty funny because, yeah, he openly like claps for Barrett. And even though that he was just feuding with him before he got eliminated, but that's how much, you know, the fans can be jerks sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darren Young, please stand up. Who should win NXT and why, buddy? My money's on Wade Barrett. He's built for this mentally. He's built for this physically. And he's going to prove each and every one of you people in Dallas, Texas, that are a bunch of haters wrong. And then last but not least, we get the one-man rock band himself, Slater Gator. Slater says that, unfortunately, he has to agree and say that based on Barrett's performance tonight, he thinks that he will probably be the the winner of NXT. And I liked it because, you know, he, he kept it real. He 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 knew to respect the game and give Barrett get give Barrett his props, even though that, you know, they're not on the same page. So, yeah, no, everybody did a good job. It, it seems like everybody's being pretty 100 percent. I mean, even Tara was being 100 percent. He didn't like none of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes himself. Yeah. So here we go. Then we go from three to two. And Wade Barrett remains at number one. So then Otunga and Gabriel step forward. And yeah, pretty much Otunga stays in second place, and Gabriel has been eliminated in third place. Mm-hmm. The crowd boos. So that's how you know Gabriel is. Pretty much over at this point. Yeah, he's the flippy guy. You can't. You can never hate the flippy guy. Who hates the flippy guy? Mm-hmm. There's no flippy guy that has ever been unliked in any company ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the bummiest flippy guy, Billy Kidman, was over. Oh, yeah. They, all it, like, all he had to do was that shooting star. It was like, whoa, yeah. that's dope. Yeah. I don't care how homeless you look. <laughs> Before or after the the flock gimmick, <laughs> either or, man. Because even after the flock, he was still dressing homeless. Yeah, yeah. He just hung out with Raymond Mysterio after that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He was a filthy animal. <laughs> so yeah, he was still. See, <laughs> art and life are too close sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning too much about the past. I'm telling you, bro, consistency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I will say that you know. Kind of how you mentioned that Gabriel was still nonchalant with his promo, but I think he did a really good promo here because he genuinely looked a little bit disappointed with the decision. So he like he's about to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel bad. Yeah, as a viewer, like it's the same thing when 
whenever he couldn't cut a promo, I felt honestly bad because I was like, oh, it's like, man, that's not even what you're here for, bro. You just want to flip wanna for us. Yeah, bro. you just like <laughs> let him flip for us. Man. Yeah, that's it, man. You want to talk? No, just talking. We be talking about practice, like you know. Yeah, I won't know that. But yeah, kind of the thing I was mentioning before. It would have been cool, but it makes too much sense. Where, say, if. Uh, they eliminated him, but then all of a sudden he, you know, this of course is more on Gabriel or if he had the mic work to uh, have more confidence on the mic that he would have said like, no, actually, I just talked to my lawyer and that uh, I can use my immunity whenever I want and just cashes it in there. And then Otunga would be eliminated. That would have been dope. Yeah, that would have been pretty crazy. Because then at that point, it would have been a lawyer screwing over another lawyer. So. That's too much going on, bro. <laughs> it makes too much sense. It's too convoluted. And nobody's thinking that far ahead. Yeah. <laughs> we would have caught that. Oh, man, that's crazy. A lawyer screwing over another lawyer. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he did have immunity. We were just talking about it. Wow. <laughs> but then, like, <laughs> that would never happen. Because it's like, yeah, F that immunity stuff. F him. F Barrett's theme music. <laughs> whatever anything that they were working up to once these eliminations start that's all that really matters yeah, yeah. doesn't matter who cares the the writers probably would have been like if we had episode 19 that would have gone down <laughs> we had we i had it right here you see my script for episode 19 we just we got canned at 15 terrible <laughs> gabriel i i like how you know hardy met him up halfway through and then it it was cool. He gave him a hug and was saying that he was similar to Matt himself, where he, <laughs> he, he will not die. And he, this will not be the last time that you'll see him. So he really put himself over. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> it was nice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, we get a, another backstage promo. And it is Lay Cool introducing our next rookie. I had forgot about them being the champions at this point. I remember that they had that whole co-women's championship. Yeah, where, didn't they have one that was broke, right? Yeah, like, yeah, where yeah, it was, yeah. It's kind of cool because both of them would have half of the belt. Yeah. But I forgot that this was the era that they were teaming together. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, we get our Daniel Bryan for next season mm-hmm. in Caval. And Caval, if same thing, when they had said his name, I had no clue who they were talking about when I first watched this back in the day. And then as soon as they started showing the video package, I was like, oh, it's Loki. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that senshi dude from yeah. TNA. Yeah, yeah. I love that guy as a wrestler. I yeah, was yeah. like, yo, this is like my favorite dude on the indie scene right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember watching him on random episodes of Shotgun Saturday Night and I think Sunday Night Heat mm-hmm. before this. So, yeah, I remember him as Loki there. And then once he was on TNA for a bit, then that's where I really appreciated his matches a lot. Yeah, more. when he was with, well, he was with Triple X, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, Loki was raw, man. He had really good matches with, what's his face, Kazarian and Jerry Lynn in TNA. Yep. They, they were really, really good. Dude, Loki was tight. Yeah. He was just not well-liked. <laughs> I was uh, disappointed because... I mean, the name's not that bad, but I think this was the point before WWE was letting some of these guys kind of continue where their uh, independent name. And yeah, it just threw me off of like, oh, who the hell is Caval? Who it doesn't even roll off the tongue. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I was like, Caval. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
I think it was supposed to be like something for Warrior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like it just didn't it didn't roll off the tongue. And then like his voice is disgusting. <laughs> Cause like he's he's probably built it like maybe five nine, five ten. He's probably really like five six, five seven. Yeah. And like he just looks like a nice little dude. But then he starts talking and it sounds like, you know, like he should have did the voice for the bad guy and uh for Voldemort from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, like, Caval has such a sinister voice. And, you know, we'll talk about this more at the beginning of season two. But for this little 15 seconds, and he spoke for maybe three of them, it's yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool. Your first ever female pros for NXT season two. two. Yay. Girl, Girl power. And our rookie? Yeah, we don't know much about him. Except he's competed all over the world. That's amazing. It's amazing. And he's so teeny tiny. And he'll, he'll love us. <laughs> and if he doesn't? Well, at least he can carry our titles for us. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, here's Caval. My name is Caval, and I'm from the greatest city on earth, Brooklyn, New York. I'm usually the underdog simply because I'm outmatched in size, but I'm not afraid of who's in the ring across from me. It doesn't matter how big or how tough, I'm going to fight them tooth and nail until the end. Then we get a graphic before we go to commercial break highlighting that the pros still have to do the final vote. And again, I don't know why they kept highlighting that in the graphic that they show all seven pros with their name. Because as a viewer, automatically, I'm going to be like, where the hell is the eighth guy? And where the hell is Carlito? <laughs> so I don't know. They could have had the easiest job ever of, like, really erasing him. But they chose not to. So Maybe he did graphic design for them. Um. <laughs> and you know what? They were really at a, at a pinch. Like, hey, who was doing the graphics? Carlito. Oh, damn it. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We couldn't have hired one intern to, to mm-hmm. make the switch. And this is before everybody learned that YouTube could teach you everything. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Carlito was that first dude that knew that YouTube would teach you everything. It's like, I can do the graphics for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just did them. And they was like, oh, yeah, this is great. We don't have to pay him anymore. <laughs> Still saving money for that pyro. <laughs> Cheaping out on graphic design. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so we go to commercial. And once we come back, then we get the world's strongest man. And he introduces us to his rookie, which is Lucky Cannon. And I don't know who he is, honestly. I mean, either, but I love him. Just yeah. looking at him, I was like, I like the way he looked. He tall and he just reminded me of, um, damn, who did he remind me of? He reminded me of, this, like, now he reminds me of like a foot taller Adam Cole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I feel like at the time, he just reminded me of, like, everybody everybody from that um, dang, what was that, uh, that group from WCW that had Sean O'Hare and... Oh, uh, natural. <laughs> uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He reminded me of, like, the personification of all those dudes, but just, like, in 2010. Yeah, yeah. So I was with that. <laughs> it's weird because I think the name sounds more heelish, Lucky Cannon. I don't know. That that could just be me, but I think it it, it could be a dope heel name. Mm-hmm. But since he just looks so friendly, yeah, yeah, it worked for him. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh wow, you look like you could be a lucky cannon. <laughs> but yeah, I think if I didn't see him and just read the name, I would have been, oh, that's a that's a heel, right? Yeah, lucky yeah. Cannon. You would have thought somebody kind of like menacing looking would have came out, but it's like, nope, it's me, lucky cannon. Yeah. 
Or I, I would have thought more of like just like a pompous guy, like, oh yeah, I'm the luckiest guy in the planet. Yeah, that kind of gimmick. But luck has nothing to do with my skills exactly. between these ropes. Yeah, it, with these hands. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a modern day Mister Perfect. Or something. Oh, that's yeah. say Maharaja. You know. <laughs> so after that, we get the what I labeled the final promo class. <laughs> nice between David Otunga and Barrett. Matt Stryker says that they have roughly sixty seconds each to kind of explain why the other guys should be eliminated and they should be crowned the the winner otunga goes first and pretty much doesn't do a really good job because he is just kind of making fun of barrett's facial features hell yeah he like rapped against him damn near man some of that stuff was rhyming for a little bit i was like wait a minute yeah yeah <laughs> man, are you busting on him but no it was like he was just he literally just sat there and dissed him roasted him for like 60 minutes yeah or 60 seconds sorry yeah i mean it was okay but based on based on the rules all you were supposed to just say is like why they why you think they should be eliminated and why you should win. And he spent most of the time just dissing his face, you know. He uh he got exposed. Mm-hmm. His lack of mic skills there for sure. Yeah. Then we get Barrett, and he kind of does the same thing where he kind of disses Otunga and his body and his talent. He did do a good line where he says, like, yeah, I've seen the great Kali move around better than you. So I know that was like one of the greatest insults I've ever heard. Yeah. So the crowd popped for that one too. They were like, oh. I was like, dang, dude, he just roasted a pro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> then, yeah, by that point, between the two heels, it seemed like the crowd was uh, favoring Barrett after that. Mm-hmm. So even though it was kind of weird that the last two were two heels. By by default, the crowd has to pick one or the other, you know. So. <laughs> Lesser of two evils. Yeah. Then the pros huddle for their last voting, and we get a backstage promo, and we get the current WWE champion, Kofi Kingston. It was kind of cool because he labels himself as a WWE professional, which I thought was kind of cool, mm-hmm. as opposed to just pro. And yeah, I forgot about his IC title run being this early because I think he had just debuted in... 2008 or 2009 so good for him he's already the IC. hey man what people don't realize about like kofi kingston and cm punk is that they won a lot of titles mm-hmm. really fast yeah like, between yeah. the two of them like maybe it took it took kofi forever to get wwe title but there he got no shortage of everything else in between yeah. really quickly yeah so he kind of goes over and says that you know his rookie is a hall of famer and in the video package, oh, before he does that, he he does a really nice double pun. He's like, oh, we will be the perfect pairing. And Michael Cole was like, hopefully there's no trouble in paradise for these two and that they're the perfect pairing. So, mm, yeah. Gangster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting because in the video package, same thing. They introduce him as Michael McGillicuddy. And him he also says that he's third generation by stating his uh his legacy and mr perfect of course but in a weird way they are kind of half king this because not only michael but also husky harris they're kind of trying to say that they want to break out into their own thing then why do they have a different last name and at the same time why even bring up the legacy if they want to stand out from their family legacy it's stupid because it's like hey so well, he, his dad is IRS, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Husky. So it's like, all right, your dad is Urban R. Scheister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did this Harris come from? Yeah. Like, your name should be Husky Scheister. Yeah, yeah. 
And then he also says his he actually says his real dad's name, Mike Rotunda. Yeah. But then he literally just calls himself Husky Harris. Yeah, you should be Husky Rotunda. Yeah, yeah. Or if you didn't want to be in the shadow, don't say it at all. Exactly. Same thing with Michael McGillicuddy. He's like, yeah, you know what? My dad is Mr. Perfect. Yeah. It's like, all right, look, either you telling us your dad's name should have been perfect or yeah. we already know he was Kurt Hennig. Yeah. You should be Michael Hennig. Yeah. Or M- Michael Perfect. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I was kind of like, ah. McGillicuddy? Like, yeah. Why Why give both rookies a different name? Like, I would have been fine even if one of them had, like, their real last name. But, yeah. Kind, kind of a nitpick there. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm against it. Yeah. So, we get the last commercial break. And once we come back to the broadcast table, Josh and Cole kind of sum up the, the season two rules again about the fans having 50 percent of the vote this time then we go to the final pros poll but this is kind of interesting because we had 10 minutes left still in the show and you can kind of tell that they had some miss time management where they were trying to fill up time so as striker is about to announce the final voting then alex riley kind of interrupts him or yeah uh sorry the, the miss, miss. <laughs> sorry i just spoiled it <laughs> <laughs> They're so similar, so that's why I got got them mixed up. So the Miz interrupts them and saying that the Miz is going to make a special announcement that he's going to be coming back for season two. And he says that he's happy because he doesn't have to deal (laughs) with someone like Daniel Bryan. And they kind of cut to Daniel Bryan at that point, his reaction. And yeah, he introduces Alex Riley, pretty much Miz Jr. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And Alex Riley in this video package says that they might as well rename it the Alex Riley and the Seven Dorks, which I might, you know, use it as a show title. So Yeah, it's <laughs> going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then after that, we cut back to the pros. And yeah, we have roughly nine minutes left in this show. And I was like wondering, like, what else are they going to do? Just announce and then. Oh, yeah, they just sat there and argued yeah. for like a hot minute. It was like, oh, my God. And yeah. It was full regal. Like, <laughs> he like destroyed Jennifer Hudson because he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he said something about like uh, he's only famous because of his wife. And then like by the looks of her, he didn't like she, he, he doesn't have much of a wife at all. It's like something <laughs> like that. I was like, what? But it was random. And. It was funny because Stryker was trying to hold back Otunga once he said it, but Otunga clearly didn't hear it because he didn't react. Or maybe he was just like, "No, nah, he ain't talking to me." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, because he he had that look where like when when Stryker put his hand over his chest, he was more just concerned of like, "What what are you doing? Like, like what are you putting your hand on my chest for?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of mistiming. I'm pretty sure he just didn't hear Regal or didn't understand what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, because he sure did burn his wife like that. Yeah. Like, Whoa, that is uncalled for, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but I like this because Regal had, before he went on that tangent, he had said like, oh, I, you know, I want to fight you. I want to fight our truth because you know, it's been X amount of weeks and I finally get like a, a live mic. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely tell that they were just really kind of freestyling yeah no nah, they were shooting because then he took off his jacket and everybody was kind of just looking at him crazy like bro what are you doing right yeah. now? yeah <laughs> put that damn jacket back on <laughs> and then, at that point punk just has enough of everything too and he just like walks away because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't even want to deal with any of this going on see like that would have been the perfect time for one of those dudes to have been super kick users oh yeah <laughs> congratulations jericho i'd just like to say you had the best man on the show it's a shame he didn't have me for a mentor. Whoa, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Jericho ain't won nothing yet. Hold on there. 
Listen, the only good thing your man's got going for him is that he married well, but I've seen his wife, so he didn't marry that well, did he? <laughs> oh, That's whoa, true. Whoa, the whoa, only whoa. reason he's here is because he's got a wife. Oh, whoa, you whoa, shut whoa, up. You second. got a mask on. Be quiet. Let's get on with it. Wade, congratulations. I knew you'd win. Being a fellow Englishman, we're better than all of these pathetic people, would you just so put I knew a you would in your win. mouth Thank and you. shut up? Man, won't you sit, sit down? down. Wade hasn't won yet. What exactly are you going to do about it? You know what? I can do a lot about it if that's what you want. Please, please, make my day. I've had 15 weeks of being stuck on this show with not having a live microphone. Please, one of you, do something to me. One of you, please. I, I had here that I just really, as thrown together this segment was, I really liked it because it felt real, because they were real. They were just really, like, bickering with each other and just... Half being, they were literally half K. Quality scuffle right there. Yeah, yeah. Very quality scuffle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> five out of five, as yep. always. <laughs> quality scuffles. <laughs> so, yeah, here we go. The big moment, finally, after <laughs> after all this. Striker finally gets the pros to quiet down after their scuffle. And they reveal the final poll. And, yeah, Wade Barrett remains at number one and is your winner for NXT Season 1. It's kind of weird how they kept saying throughout this whole season that it's going to be the next breakout superstar and finally in the graphic it said season one winner so i was kind of i was kind of confused throughout the whole thing i'm like how are they labeling them as the winner are they mm -hmm. winner of the show are they winner of the season like mm -hmm. so it's finally good that they finally clarified it and i think the commentators did a good job because once they revealed it they didn't jump on it right away so they kind of let the moment simmer a little bit. So mm. that way you get the most reaction from the crowd and from Barrett himself because he was super, super happy that he had won the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Then afterwards, we get just some post poll interviews and Stryker talks to Atunga first. He says that, you know, he can't believe this is real and that Ashton Kutcher must be around because he's, he's getting punked. <laughs> and yeah, he says that don't worry, you haven't seen the last of him because he's come back from un losing on another reality show and that he'll be a bigger star in no time. Stryker goes to the winner and says that now he's guaranteed himself a WWE championship shot at a future pay-per-view. Notice how they don't say of their choosing anymore, so mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of interesting. And yeah, I really like this promo by Barrett. Yeah, I, I really like how, you know, how he stayed in character throughout this promo too, where he said that with title shots, he'll also get more money. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool how he pretty much stayed very consistent through the whole season with his characters. Tell the world about Wade Barrett. Congratulations. Wow, Wade Barrett. WWE's next breakout star. That's got a real nice ring to it. But you know what? It isn't anything that I or my pro, Mr. Chris Jericho, didn't know from the very beginning. I told you from the start that I was the best on NXT and that I was going to win this competition. Well, guess what? I was right. And here's the deal. I didn't come to WWE or NXT for a pat on the back or to gain anyone's approval. I came here to make myself a lot of coin. And now I've got a pay-per-view title match and that is going to bring the big bucks rolling in. For the, for the pros on that stage over there, 
I've got some really bad news for you because this is the beginning of a brand new era in WWE. The era of Wade Barrett. And a few weeks ago, I told the world that the winds of change were blowing here in the WWE. Well, today, those winds stop blowing because change is here and change is now, and it is a change that is going to take Wade Barrett to the WWE heavyweight title. And yeah, he puts Jericho over, and Jericho also comes into the ring to celebrate with him. And yeah, I like how they pretty much had the best relationship throughout the whole season of really helping uh, each other get over at that point. If this was the Attitude Era, somehow, some way, he would have got a Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would have been beer everywhere <laughs> and a Stone Cold Stunner. Even if Stone Cold didn't have nothing to do with it, yeah, he would have found his way over there. The place would have been covered in beer. Yeah, yeah. And it just... Stone Cold stunners <laughs> and middle fingers. Yeah. That's it. It would have been where, just thinking about it, if NXT had happened in the Attitude Era, it would have been Stone Cold being paired up with like Kurt Angle or something. And then, yeah, Kurt Angle would have won that season. And then afterwards, like, he'd have came in there and gave him a stunner, <laughs> get it for a beer bath, and it would have been a wrap, man. You know, like when I think about the old school days, I'm like, dang, man, you know that. Well, a lot of those episodes just ended in beer. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. No. <laughs> no reason, though. He was like, what did I just see? The ten and ten and ten and beer everywhere is. I I was listening to uh Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and he makes a really good point where in the Hokomania era, the way they would close out the show or whether it be like a live show or a house show, they always said that Hogan must pose. So that was the way to make sure the, the fans were happy. So in the Attitude Era, the equivalent to that was the... the it's Austin must beer. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Austin must beer to close out the show, man. Yeah. Speaking of closing out shows, I think, you know, it was weird because, like, I remembered that Barrett won. Yeah. And then, like, even if I... I knew he was going to win, but then just, like, after a couple of weeks of watching it, you were mm-hmm. like, if Heath Slater was the most well-rounded and kind of like the best in, at, at that aspect. Yeah. The one that was the best in the show was uh, Wade Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Because like he was clearly like, when you saw him wrestle, it was like, ooh, look at this big dude. He's got size. He's got all this stuff. He's got skills. His, his finisher kind of sucks, but mm-hmm. whatever. When he speaks, it's like, oh, man, like he's got that thick accent. And yeah. he's like, he's got so much confidence. He's like, you know, he's got it oozy. He's taller than everybody. So yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you're you're clearly like the best one if you're looking at what WWE is looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, you fit it better than everybody else here. Yeah. The one who's probably like, if I was going to pick a WWE champion out of that group, it would have been Wade Barrett. Yeah. If I was going to pick the boys champion, it was going to be Heath Slater. Mm -hmm. So that's like, if you kind of just lined everybody up and looked at them, oddly enough, who became WWE champion out of that group? Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So, you know, never judge a book by his cover. But, you know, like, but Wade was the one in shout out to him. I the only thing I didn't like, I guess, was like how everybody else was like, oh yeah, Wade's gonna win. So it was yeah, like ah. that, Yeah, I agree. I think at that point they could have done a a better job of building the uh, suspense. Yeah. Or maybe just not so much for that for this episode. Like maybe if they would have talked to the other guys in the episode before or just like, you know, just less but it's like when you see them talk about like, hey, who do you think is going to win? It's like, oh, that fool right there. Yeah, it's like, yeah. ah, come on, man. Yeah. And then he won. It was like, eh, eh. yeah, it would have been 
like how I mentioned, it would have been cool to have either Otunga or Slater, or not Slater, Gabriel win that triple or that three-way match. But have it in a way where Barrett doesn't lose cleanly, but giving the advantage to one of the other two guys. Yeah, to to like kind of sell that illusion mm-hmm. that it's more up for grabs. But the fact that Barrett not only won, yeah. but eliminated both of them, yeah, it was yeah. like, okay, well, everybody thinks you're going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're eliminating everybody. Yeah. Mm, you're probably going to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that, yeah, I agree. I think that's the only aspect that you're completely right that it took it out of it because after that match you're kind of like well what what else can otunga do to win at the very last second yeah it's like what more do you want (laughs) but then again it's like if he didn't win after that then it's like the biggest insult to wrestling fans intelligence ever it's like what yeah 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 do you want to go first or should i go first with the uh i'll go with the with i'll start it up with my score okay for me the commentary was average okay I nothing like now that I'm thinking about it and just kind of like what we went over, like nothing about the commentary jumped out to me that was like, oh man, mm-hmm. this is great. They're really going out for all out for the last episode or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a three for me. Okay. Matches, I really enjoyed that triple threat match. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, the it was kind of clunky with uh Otunga in there sometimes, but the the sequences with um Gabriel and Barrett, I thought were really good. So I went four for that one match. Mm-hmm. Production, I went four. Yeah, yeah just yeah. because it was such a production heavy episode, and it kept enough. Like it was nothing but video packages, so it kept enough of my attention to where I mm-hmm. wanted to keep watching them. So that was enough to say that they went above. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the average. Yeah, and then I also went four for entertainment. Nice, nice. Even though it was very promo heavy, but I think so. I think if I were to watch this episode in 2010, mm-hmm. I would have been upset there was only one match. Yeah, yeah, and I would have been bored. But now, kind of like this being nine years later, mm-hmm. looking back was great. Yeah, and then looking back on the season that we just did and is everything how everything kind of came together. I really like the entertainment factor of this episode. Mm-hmm. And for me, I thought it was it was a four. We're pretty much on the same page other than commentary, where I just gave it a four because I think they did do a good job of selling the importance of it. And props to them, too. Uh, of course, I'll get to it in the production side, but props for Josh and uh, Cole also to kind of sell the importance of it was is a hard job of juggling between making tonight's episode important, but making sure that we're building anticipation to season two. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a good a good enough job trying to tackle both things at the very last minute. So I gave them props for that and making it seem like tonight was important, but also, yeah, building up to season two. The only, yeah, the only negative I would say is just the weird reasoning of like kind of dropping the storyline between Cole and Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan. But other than that, I think they did a really good job of selling the importance of uh, tonight and just those little details of, yeah, not talking because WWE tends to do that a lot now where if they do a reveal, then Cole and uh, the rest of or like Corey Graves kind of jump on the thing and making it too obvious for the user where the user, I should say the fans. Yeah. I like <laughs> uh, that. The, 
where they make it they make us feel super dumb like we're not watching the show with them where say if this is they say if they did the same thing now they would have shown barrett staying at number one and us as as a fan can put two and two together that oh barrett won but then at that point modern wrestling would say like oh my god wait barrett's the winner blah blah like you don't need to say that right away Mm -hmm. we can kind of you know take in that moment a little bit more and that's why i really appreciated those little details of that josh and colden automatically state the obvious they kind of let the moment speak for itself so i really appreciate that Mm, yeah nice then yeah for me for matches kind of how i mentioned i was going to give it a 3.5 but kind of for the same reasons that you listed out i i did bump it to a four so agreed that even though it was one one match i think they did a really good job and closing out the season with a really good match so and yeah for production i also gave it a four where the same thing that to kind of get these video packages ready and also making them really interesting for as short as they were they did a really good job and back to the uh the overall season recap at the at the top of the show they did a really good job of recapping the entire season so far to kind of catch anyone up that needed to catch up at that mm-hmm. point and yeah i pretty much went fours all around i gave entertainment a four as well mm. where um, i i was entertained throughout the whole thing even though that they it felt like they were trying to stretch the last 10 minutes i i enjoyed that scuffle between the pros and then yeah just the pacing overall of uh getting to the the pole getting through the video packages and yeah just they they got me excited that i did really want to check out season two so Job well done. Oh, wowie zowie. Yeah. Wowie zowie. <laughs> and combined score, we are at a 3.9. So mm. same same as last week, which I think sounds about right, you know? Yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, it's going to be the same score, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but for like different reasons. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we broke that, uh, that, uh, sucky every five episodes oh yeah that's right because mm-hmm, the last episode according to our um <laughs> our every five rule should this episode should have actually been trash yeah <laughs> so that does it for us on season two i as i mentioned before we are closing out the season for nxt but we will do our own season finale for the part two of this episode where we'll go more in depth with season one and kind of give our overall recap and analysis. And we'll also kind of recap the aftermath of season one. And it's a pretty big aftermath in case you didn't know, a certain group comes out of this. Mm -hmm. So we'll go into more depth on their debut as well as, you know, just a sneak preview of season two as well. So thank you so much for following us through with the season recap or I should say for the entire season. We will, as I mentioned, do a part two for this where we'll go more in depth. But in case if you you know want to follow us along instead for just the season coverage, we will be returning after a short hiatus and we will be covering season two in a few weeks. And yeah, I can't wait based on how the setup was with this episode to uh, dive back into season two. What yeah, we're going to call this small hiatus the... Uh lightweight slight weight mm. mm-hmm. the light he- the mm. lightweight heavyweight championship nope. lightweight <laughs> slight weight 
Sweet. So that does it for us. And yeah, make sure to check out the part two of this episode mm -hmm. for our coverage. And yeah, just wanted to kind of give you a reminder. If you wanted to send us a question, send it at halfkmail at gmail.com and we'll answer some questions and we'll save a few of them for season two. And always plugging our parent company at Grow Canvas Grow com if you have any uh, production needs feel free to shoot them in the email as well and follow them on facebook instagram and twitter did you have any uh shout outs i do shout out to half k podcast <gasps> for finishing all the episodes in a season yeah shout out to those guys whoever those guys are yeah <laughs> thank you so so much again for checking us out and yeah, if you are just listening for the first time, you have a bit of a break to catch up on us before mm -hmm. we start season two. So if you want to go through our archived episodes and catch up, you have more than enough time now. And yeah, feel free to recommend us to any of any of your wrestling friends as well. So that does it for us. Thanks again for listening, and we'll check you out on the next episode. <laughs>